If you have the mindset of I'm sick, I'm broken, there's no reason to even work on it because there's so many things wrong, that's what your body is going to hear and that's what your body is going to respond to. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 216 of the Biohacker Babes. My name is Lauren. I am tuning in from Maryland today and I'm joined by my sister Renee Bells. What's happening in Vegas, Bells? Hi. Welcome everyone. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's shining here too. We've had just endless days of rain. I'm like, wow, I didn't remember what the sun looked like. It's nice. <laughs> oh, goodness. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, lots of rain, but it's okay. It is a beautiful day. I feel like we're shifting yeah. into fall. Oh, it's nice. <laughs> Getting it's there. Nice. All right, we got a fun female-driven episode for you. We are bringing on Dr. Kayla Smith. We actually got to be on her podcast, I think, last fall. We were trying to remember exactly. I think last fall, she has a really cool podcast called The Hormone Puzzle. Is that the full title? The Hormone Puzzle Puzzle Podcast. Podcast. She is everything hormone, fertility, pregnancy expert. She is just an insanely stacked wealth of knowledge, but she also is just, I appreciate her energy so much. And we're going to talk about mindset and perspective and Um, I just think that's like such a big piece of her magic is like the thoughts that we think, the stories that we tell ourselves when it comes to our health and our hormones and fertility and pregnancy, even miscarriages. And uh, she's just really lovely. Excited. Yeah. I mean, one, her mission to help women struggling with infertility, she wants to make sure that other women don't go through the same journey that she went through. So I think it's just such a beautiful mission. And I can see how her energy is probably helping so many women in the space. And we get into this a little bit in the episode, how some of the fertility approach in this country is, it's almost like more masculine. It's Mm. like, do this, don't do that. Here's what you need to do. This is the outcome. But it's kind of ironic. It's like for women to get pregnant, we should probably be taking a more feminine approach. And I feel like she just brings that well-rounded beautiful, calming energy, and so much knowledge to the plate. Like, I I just, I love what she's doing. Yeah. And I feel like the, yeah. the overall takeaway, and we definitely get into this, but believing, she believes this very much in what she shares with her clients and patients. Like, you can believe that anything is possible when it comes to hormones and health. Like, yeah. step one, let's just erase the idea that that this isn't going to happen. Let's believe that it's possible. So she's amazing. She has some uh, free resources to share with you. So if you love her and you will, just scroll down and get those resources. And if you are struggling or if you know someone that's struggling, please share this episode. Please share her and then check out her podcast, Hormone Puzzle. Great. All right. 
a little bit more about her. Dr. Kayla Smith is a holistic integrative fertility and hormone doctor. She holds a PhD in natural and holistic medicine, as well as a double board certification as a doctor of natural medicine and doctor of humanitarian medicine. Dr. Kayla is also a board certified functional nutritionist and a five-time board certified health coach. She founded the Hormone Puzzle Society and the Fertility Coach University. The Hormone Puzzle Society is a health hub for fertility, hormones, and pregnancy. And through this platform, Dr. Kayla and her team work with women, couples, women and couples, coaching them on how to optimize their body, mind, spirit, so they can get and stay pregnant, bring home a healthy baby, have an easy postpartum, as well as eliminate symptoms of hormonal imbalance. That speaks for itself. Okay, let's drop in. Okay, welcome, Dr. Kayla, to the Biohacker Babes podcast. Thanks Thank for joining you. us. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, podcasting day. I know you just came from yeah. another. So thank <laughs> you for continuing to share your wisdom and expertise. Sure. Yeah, we did an Instagram live about five minutes ago. So it's like back <gasps> okay. to back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So we're in the groove. We're in the flow. <laughs> so really excited to bring you to our audience. You have helped thousands of women get pregnant, stay pregnant. And you have an awesome podcast where you share so much information with women that are struggling with infertility, with hormonal imbalances. You have so much experience in this realm. So I'm curious to know, after working with such a large population, what is your 30,000 foot view? What is like the overarching piece of the puzzle that maybe we're missing? Or is there a through line here when it comes to happy and healthy hormones? What do you think, like if there's a PSA moment? What is yes, it? Definitely. So I think a lot of it comes down to nutrition. Many people think they're eating healthy when they're actually not. A lot of people have gut issues that haven't been identified yet. And so they're not absorbing their nutrition. They're not getting all their nutrients and vitamins. And so that's one I see a lot. Then also the toxins that we're exposed to every day on a daily basis. Many of us don't have, you know, our, our detox pathways are not working the way that they should. Our liver's jammed up with these toxins, our endocrine system. And so it just causes like this toxic storm, which then affects our hormones, affects our fertility and affects our overall health. That's why the majority of people are sicker today than they ever have been before. And it's because of those two things I find the most. Mm. Uh, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely dive deeper into both of yeah. those. So I'm curious how how would a woman know that she maybe has hormonal imbalances? Like, you know, when do you think it's appropriate to do a hormone test or a gut test or whatever? Like, what are the main symptoms people are coming to you with? Sure. So I always say any symptom that disrupts your normal life is a symptom that your body is sounding an alarm and saying something is wrong. Please listen to me. So this can manifest in many different ways in many different people. It depends on so many factors, but some things that you can look for are menstrual, menstrual cycle irregularities. So if you have you know, regular periods, if they're, you know, you're missing periods, if you're having a regular cycle, but it's a lot of symptoms, things that put you out, you know, in the bed for a couple days, terrible cramps, lots of bloating, lots of headaches, and just feeling yucky, low energy, 
all of that is a sign that you have a hormone imbalance and something is wrong. Then also gut, if you have a lot of gut issues, definitely around your period, but just in general, if you're eating, you know, many healthy foods and you're always bloated, you're always constipated, or you have diarrhea, or you have a stomach ache after many meals, then that's also another indicator that something's going on and something's wrong and we need to look a little deeper. So the first place I start is symptoms. Do you have any of that? And then if you say, yes, I do have that, then that's when I would say, okay, well, let's test to see exactly what is causing this and get down to some of those root causes. So we'll look at, in the three main tests I like to run, I always do a microbiome analysis. This is going to be a lot more in depth than just a GI map. I love the GI map, but that is only going to show us what bacteria is there. It doesn't show how they're interacting with each other. It doesn't show the environment in the gut. It doesn't show if you have inflammatory markers. There's just a lot more to look at than just the map itself. We want to look at the microbiome and, and do you have more good guys and bad guys? Do you have opportunistic bacteria that are wreaking havoc in there? Um, so that's kind of the first, I'll look at the gut, then I'll do a hormone, a Dutch test. And so this again is going to be a lot deeper look than just a blood work. If we, when we do blood work, that's going to show us a snapshot in time of what's happening right when our hormones are tested. It doesn't show fluctuations. It doesn't show how your body's actually using your hormones, how they're being methylated, which means neutralized, detoxed and excreted. So that's kind of the other place I'll say, okay, you've got all these symptoms, is it gut related? Is it hormone related? Is it both? Um, and then the last thing I like to do is a mineral, a full mineral analysis through hair. So hair tissue mineral. Again, this is going to show us not just what the minerals are in the blood, which is a transportation vehicle. It's not showing us actual cellular health, which is what that hair tissue will show. What minerals are inside your cells? Do you have too much in there where your body's not utilizing the minerals the way that it should? Things like magnesium, zinc, um, uh, calcium, even copper. So this is going to show me what's in that cell and what, you know, kind of how your body's using those minerals. And then I can say, okay, is this one of the reasons why you're having these symptoms? Then once we know the hard data of why this is happening, then that's when we work to fix and optimize. Yeah. Yeah. I love pulling all that data. I think information yeah. is just so empowering just to play devil's advocate. Cause I love, I'm like, give it all to me. I know for right. some people it can feel really overwhelming. One, it can be expensive, but then it's like, all oh, this information very easily could go down, uh, create a narrative that feels like, Oh, so much is wrong with me. How do you approach kind of this mindset piece with giving the clients what they need to know, but maybe not overwhelming them for sure. So one thing I like to tell my clients and patients is that it's all fixable. This is just data. We are just seeing what is going on in there so we can fix and optimize, but it's all fixable. It's all, it all can be optimized so that your body's working as a well-oiled machine. Um, and just like what you guys talk about with just, you know, optimizing, you know, biochemically super important. And I always tell people too, as I said earlier, we're going to look at symptoms. So if you come to me and you're like, I have all these symptoms but I have no money for tests. I just want to see if there's anything that I can do to kind of help eliminate, alleviate and eliminate these symptoms. Then we're going to work towards that. And there's many things that you can do without the testing. Yes, the testing's great. I love to have the data, 
But if you don't have the foundation built, then it's you can do all the tests in the world and it's not going to really matter because your foundation is weak. So I always start with that. What does your diet look like? As I said earlier, this is the number one place most people are missing. Even if you think you're eating healthy, sometimes just, um, you know, a 10,000 foot view with somebody else looking in saying, okay, you think you're eating healthy, but maybe it's not healthy for you. I find a lot of women, especially are under eating, they're under eating protein, or they're, they've gone the other direction and they're way overeating and overestimating what they're eating, their keto or their intermittent fasting, and they're doing something that is jeopardizing their health. So that's kind of the first place I'll say, let's lay that foundation. Let's do, you know, look at your diet and nutrition. What does it look like? Let's look at your lifestyle. Are you overworked and underslept and, you know, under nurtured? And, and all of those pieces are really going to make a big difference as well. Um, and so, and the third thing is what you asked me earlier about mindset. I think this is a big piece of it too. If you have the mindset of I'm sick, I'm broken, I, I'm like, this is, you know, there's no reason to even work on it because there's so many things wrong. That's what your body is going to hear. And that's what your body is going to respond to. You have to think of your inner self as like this little girl who you're just talking down to and telling her she's terrible and she's never going to be healthy. Well, then that's what your body's going to hear. And that's how it's going to respond to what you think, feel, um, you know, thoughts, feelings, and emotions, that's going to control your physical body. So let's turn that around and say, no, I am healthy. This is all fixable. I am beautiful. I'm strong and I'm doing things to nurture myself. And you want to tell yourself that every single day. And then your physical body hears that and it will respond with optimal health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so, (laughs) so important. The power of the mind. I love that. And so where would like the hormone puzzle protocol come into place? Can you do that without doing the testing first? Like if someone does come and I can't afford the testing, I just want to get started on the lifestyle. Can they jump into the the puzzle? Yes. Oh, can you explain the puzzle? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes jump yes. in. Um, So the puzzle, I created the hormone puzzle protocol because when I was going through infertility, I felt very out of control. I felt like a lot of things were happening to me and I wanted to take back some of that control. I'm type A and I was like, what can I do to fix this? And so this is where the foundational pieces come in. And yes, you can jump into the puzzle protocol without the testing. This is all those foundations. So puzzle is an acronym. I love acronyms, super easy to understand and remember, but it stands for P, proper whole food nutrition, U, understanding supplements, Z, zapping stress, Z or Zs, which is sleep, L is love and encouragement, E is exercise and environment. So these are all the places that you should really think every day, am I focusing on these pieces and am I optimizing where I can or up-leveling where I can? And some people come in and they're already doing all of this. And that's where I say, okay, where can you up-level? Where can you do a little bit better? Some people come and say, oh my gosh, I'm not doing any of that. I'm eating McDonald's multiple times a week and I'm super stressed and I never sleep. And if that's you, then you need to pick one place. Say, what is one place where I could start tomorrow on this puzzle method that would be really easy for me to start developing this habit? Maybe it's your breakfast. Let's change your breakfast to something healthy and something, you know, grab and go, something that's easy to implement. But just pick one piece and start there. And then once you get that kind of nailed down, then you can move through the puzzle. But it's it's beautiful. And it's the reason I named it the puzzle hormone puzzle method is because I feel like our hormones are this big puzzle 
And if one thing's out of whack, just a little bit, it's going to cause symptoms, illness, disease. So we need to get everything in alignment and it makes this beautiful puzzle and picture of health. Yes. I love that. I'm going to speak for both of us. We love that. We love the puzzle analogy very much. And I think that's really awesome that you encourage us to do one thing. Like what is that lowest hanging fruit that we can start doing today? One, because we get progress, but I think it also empowers the client to feel like, oh, I'm doing something and checking that off the list. I'm curious when it comes to diet, what do you feel like in those situations where someone feels like I'm eating super healthy and then you just kind of like information bomb them like, Oh, that may not be healthy. (laughs) What does that look like? Are you using CGMs to do that? Is it more just on paper, looking at the quality of food? What do you feel like is happening the most? Yeah. So I recommend balanced whole food, proper nutrition. Like I said, the P in the puzzle method. And so this isn't one diet. And I always try to tell people this isn't, this isn't a diet plan. This is a lifestyle. So clean whole foods. I do something called the magic plates where it's really easy to break your plates and kind of make sure you're getting all your macronutrients and without having to count calories or macros or any of that stuff. And it varies depending on different people. And, you know, I'll kind of look at that if they're a client or a patient of mine. But for the general population, I say breaker plate into thirds. You want a third protein, animal or plant, a third vegetable, maybe a couple different varieties, different colors of vegetables. The darker the fruit or vegetable, the more antioxidants. So fill your plate up with a couple of those. And then third of your plate is going to be a slow burning carb or grain. Think of complex carbs, things with lots of fiber. If you're not sensitive to grains, you can have a little bit of grains. If you're doing something like the, you know, the paleo diet or the autoimmune diet, you want to, you know, sometimes you have to be sensitive, you're sensitive to grains. So we can kind of play with that. Um, or a slow burning carb. So this would be your root vegetables, your sweet potato, squash and pumpkin. Um, and then make sure you're getting enough fat. So one tablespoon of fat with every meal. So this can be avocados, nuts and seeds, fatty fish, your oils, you know, no hydrogenated oils, but coconut oil for cooking or avocado oil, um, olive oil for salads. And so that's kind of the basic you know, nutrition guidelines, I say, but then depending on what you're struggling with, if it's fertility, if it's hormones, then we can play a little bit more and add in specific nutrients and minerals for, for your specific body and situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I always like to say nutrition, it's so fun because it can be so simple Mm -hmm. and it can be so complicated, right? Like the simple is just, just eat real food from the planet, right? Like a lot of people aren't even doing that. And then we can get so nuanced with the autoimmune stuff, the digestion, the hormones, like it's a fun topic. It's really never ending. (laughs) Um, I'm curious with, with, you mentioned the healthy fats, like that's, I mean, obviously important for everyone, but especially for women trying to get pregnant, do you still see women are afraid to eat fat? Like, is that from the nineties craze? Do you still see that often? I think it's getting better the more we talk about that, but there's still some people, especially people that are in their like early 40s that grew up in that time period and still are afraid of fat. I was one of them. I think that was one of my fertility issues. I grew up in the 80s and I would eat like lean cuisine and think it was healthy and like zero (sighs) fat because I thought it was bad and then go do aerobics for like two hours. (laughs) So so, no, 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 that's not what we need for fertility. So I do think it's getting better, but I still think we need to educate. Fat is not going to make you fat. Cholesterol is what fat is made of. And that's what makes our hormones. It's the building block for hormones. So we have to have fat in our diet to make our hormones to optimize our fertility. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm definitely seeing some of those, yeah, like older clients that went through that same period of time. People that are still only eating lean chicken and turkey. Yes. Like no red meat, nothing with like denser purines and the, all the yeah. B vitamins and zinc. It's so fascinating. But that's a hard one for people if you've been conditioned to think that for so long, like feeling like you can introduce a new food and feel safe. Yeah. Because if we're talking about mindset and a lot of this, I'm sure with fertility is feeling safe, mm-hmm. shifting that perspective has got to be a tricky piece of the puzzle. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lot to do. And it's a lot to do with our habits too. We get into this routine of this food is bad or this food is good. And then that's all we eat, but it's shifting that mindset to think like, you know, is this food good for us? Is this food bad for us? And, and really not saying any food is bad, but just saying like, this is what I can eat. This is, you know, what I maybe shouldn't eat. So trying to mm-hmm. focus on the positive versus the negative. Yeah. 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 I'm just curious. Have you seen the new documentary about the blue zones live to 100? I have a little bit. I need to continue watching it, but it's so cool. And many of those people are Mediterranean diet. That's what around the world that is what works. And that is what I recommend. You know, lots of lots of vegetables, a little bit of fruit, nuts and seeds, some fish. You know, that's kind of the the gold standard. So, yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. And they what have spend, you guys I guess I was. Yeah. Well, no I, I love just on their <laughs> I, food. I love that they spend so much time preparing their food and putting love into it and in the kitchen with the family and maybe some wine even. Like it's just like it's this whole thing to prepare a meal. I, right. I that's what I loved. But I know Lauren, you're gonna Yeah. I know I I have yeah. thoughts about it, but just riding <laughs> yeah, that I, wave, like when the woman was like kneading the corn, I was like, I would eat that corn. Right? I would definitely eat yeah. that corn. This is whole Different situation, but I was curious because I felt like it was very leaning kind of plant-based recommendations, which I'm thinking of that because I still think that people are confused because we are getting this communication from documentaries and public opinion that like meat is bad. And so we're trying to change this narrative, but it's still, we're still getting all these mixed signals. Right. I don't think you should... Yeah, I would never recommend eliminating a macronutrient. We need protein. It's the building block for muscles. It's the building block for so many processes in the body. And to eliminate it, even though you can get a good amount of protein from plants, it's not the same kind of protein you get from animals. It doesn't have all the essential amino acids in it. Also, animals are the only place you can get heme iron. You need to be eating iron, even though you can get it from leafy greens. It's not the same. So you need both. So, But on that same note, I don't think you should overdo with with meat. I see a lot of people that are eating like 16 ounce steaks because they think they need all this protein. And I'm like, no, you need a little bit of protein, a lot of vegetables (laughs) and a variety. It's all about a variety. So yeah, red meat, I think is good, but have it as a condiment. That's what I tell my patients. Three to four ounces, you know, a couple times a week is about max. And then you know, also have the fish and the chicken and the turkeys and all that. Lots of vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. 16 ounces is I know. wild. That's I know. even on a menu. I'm like, well, that's, that's like family style. Let's know, share right? that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um, love a good steak, but. Right, right. It's a lot. One other thing I wanted to mention too, why I think, you know, that live to a hundred, uh, what I noticed is that so many of those people had community around them and they all ate together and they all supported each other and nurtured each other. And I find that too, with around the world, with people and fertility, 
you know, we have a family around us. We have a community around us supporting us in all these different cultures. And sometimes in America, that's not always the case. A lot of times you're going through fertility and you're alone, you're embarrassed and, and you're really doing it by yourself. And we need community. We need that supporting love and nurturing around us. So I think that's another big piece too, of why these people are living to a hundred because they have this community around them. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. I'm like, let's go to Sardinia or right? Korea. I'm going to eat Korea. Korea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And place. actually like I, I've seen, and maybe it's just like the age I'm at, but a lot of my friends are now coming, sharing that they are dealing with postpartum depression. And I know, I think some of it is that people are more willing to talk about it, but I have wondered if it's the lack of community. Like if you look at like our ancestors, when you know, you gave birth, you had all this family around to help. And now so many women are doing it on their own, even their husband's off at work and they're trying to do it totally themselves. I'm like, I I think that's a big piece of it. For sure. For sure. And I think too, it's just the whole system, how many of us birth in a hospital on our backs by ourselves and get a lot of things done through the medical system to us. And then we come home and we're alone and we're told to stay in bed and, you know, don't move. And so I think it's all of that contributes to postpartum. Yeah. And I think we're just depleted and, you know, mental and emotional pieces as well as our nutrition, our nutrients. And so, yeah, I think that's why so many people struggle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If that's the big mental emotional piece, what do you see yeah. more on like the biochemical side about something like postpartum depression? What else are we missing there? Yeah, I think it's you're just so depleted. Pregnancy just depletes you. And I think that's why it's so important to start before you get pregnant, making sure you have your minerals balanced, your nutrients, or you're getting enough of what you need and you're eating that good whole food balanced nutrition. And then as you move through pregnancy, doing the same for your baby and for you. And then in postpartum, you know, you need to replenish. Again, it's more than just eating healthy. You need to flood your body with as many nutrients and minerals and just making sure you're getting all that in. In, especially if you're breastfeeding, because it's just going to deplete you even more. So yeah, I think it's super important to pay attention to what you're eating, when you're eating, how much and getting those nutrients that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hey, biohackers, are you tired of the daily stressors that seem to never end? Feeling overwhelmed, anxious, or just unable to relax? Maybe all of the above? Well, we do have something very special to share with you today. We are really excited to introduce TroCalm by our friends over at Transcriptions. It is an all-natural solution for reducing anxiety, improving sleep, and supporting complete relaxation. TroCalm is designed specifically to help you find your inner zen and reclaim your peace of mind. TroCalm contains a powerful blend of four key ingredients, kava, B3 GABA, CBD, and CBG, all of which enhance natural GABA production, our calming neurotransmitter in the brain, and so much more. Let's break it down. So kava. Kava is derived from the roots of the kava plant. It is a natural ingredient that has been used for centuries in the South Pacific to promote relaxation and reduce stress. You may remember my story about drinking kava for the first time in Hawaii and feeling Oh, so relaxed. TroCalm brings you the calming benefits of kava in a convenient and safe form. Now, B3 GABA. Taking GABA supplements don't usually work because most forms can't cross the blood-brain barrier. But with vitamin B3 attached to the GABA, it can cross into the brain and efficiently increase GABA levels to help calm your mind and reduce that constant feeling of tension. 
Lastly, CBD and CBG. These cannabinoids increase our feelings of bliss, protect our brain, decrease pain, and decrease anxiety by reacting with our natural endocannabinoid system without the psychoactive effects. Whether you're dealing with the demands of a busy lifestyle, struggling to get a good night's sleep, or simply seeking a moment of tranquility in this fast-paced world, Trocalm is here to help. You may be wondering, how do we personally use it? Well, what I really love is that I can split up my dose depending on the occasion. I may only take a quarter of a trochee to ease some anxiety during the day, one half trochee for a long cross-country flight to stay relaxed and comfortable, or I may take an entire trochee before bed when I want to get the best quality sleep possible. It is really up to you how it can best fit into your daily lifestyle. If this has piqued your interest, we have an exclusive offer just for you. When you visit Troscriptions.com and use the promo code BiohackerBabes, you'll receive 10% off your order. Again, that's Troscriptions.com, discount code BiohackerBabes for 10% off. And before I forget, no, you won't get a blue tongue. This trochee is actually orange. So you may get a slight orange tint, but nothing more than you would get from an orange flavored candy. But you don't eat candy, right? Just trochees. All right, biohackers, to your peace and calmness. Do you have any specific supplement recommendations for women during that time frame? Like, I mean, extra protein powder, multivitamin, anything like just to really slam in those nutrients? Yeah. Yeah. So supplements are so individual. I don't ever yeah. like to recommend yeah. specific ones, but that being said, there is core supplements that I think everybody should be on just because as we talked before, so many people are not eating, you know, the, the nutrients that they need. Our soils are very depleted. Our food supply is depleted of nutrients. So really, I think everybody should be on a good whole food prenatal. That is super important. Even after you give birth, you I would say even for a year after, especially if you're breastfeeding, you want to make sure you're getting all of those nutrients. Um, and obviously, we want whole food nutrition, but sometimes you just can't eat the quantity of food that needs to be eaten to get the nutrients that you can get with a supplement. So whole food supplement, uh, prenatal or multivitamin, uh, for sure. Uh, prenatal, if you are pregnant, postpartum breastfeeding, regular multivitamin, if you're not, um, if you're just like in struggling with hormones. Um, and then I recommend a good probiotic and even a prebiotic. Um, again, if you, if it fits your budget, do a gut test, no matter where you're at, even if you're pregnant to kind of see what probiotic you need. But if that doesn't fit your budget, definitely do a good spore-based version, kind of look for symptom pop to pop up when you start taking that. Sometimes a multi-spore probiotic is going to be too strong depending on what your gut health looks like. So if you start taking one and you are like, you know, I'm getting more constipated, I'm getting, you know, more stomach, more bloating, like things are not good, then it's too strong and you need to kind of back off on it. There's some that I use that are spore-based that just have one spore microbiome bacterium in it. So sometimes that is needed to kind of get your body used to that bacteria and then you can increase and get a, a multi-spore version. So definitely some sort of probiotic. Prebiotic is the fiber that feeds the probiotic. So if you're not eating a good variety of fiber, you need a prebiotic fiber. Um, and then the last thing I would say is most people need fish oil. Fish oil, Most people are deficient in EPAs and DHAs. Um, so a good quality fish oil supplement while you're trying to get pregnant, while you're pregnant and after is important. Yep. But those are kind of my limitation. Yeah, yeah. And then based on, you know, your individual person, you might need additional. Yeah. 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 
uh, we definitely agree. It's personal. We want to test before we do it. And I love the supplementation because I've heard so many clients and friends, they're like, I went into pregnancy with every intention to eat super healthy and all the nutrients. And then for X, Y, and Z, nausea or just not having an appetite, they're like, I just couldn't. So like, yeah. if you get the right supplement. But yeah. even there, obviously working yeah. with a practitioner is the best way to do it. But I think there's a lot of overwhelm there. Yeah. But this is kind of unrelated, but we just did a podcast yesterday about how when we were handed iPhones, we didn't get a manual. No. <laughs> and it's kind of like that with supplements. Like there's just so much accessible and no one's talking about how much, what am I supposed to feel? What am I looking for? Like, how do I course correct? Yeah. So again, yeah. like the need for a yeah. practitioner and thank you for doing the work that you do, but yeah. just wanted to acknowledge like there's a reason for the overwhelm, right? Yeah. For sure. For oh, sure. Yeah. And you had mentioned a protein powder too. I think a protein powder can be helpful if you don't eat protein on a regular basis or if you want something that's convenient. Um, there's some protein powders now. Well, one, I want to go back. I don't recommend whey protein. I think it's highly processed and it's just a cheap version. So if you get a protein powder, try to get one that doesn't have whey in it. Um, and I've seen some really cool ones coming out now where you can customize your protein. Like I just did one and it's just egg whites. And then I added some vitamins to it that I was wanting. Um, so look for a good high quality protein and get one that is made with whole food, real food, and then use it as a supplement as well. You don't have to do protein powder every single day. Use that with, you know, eggs and, and, you know, nuts and seeds and different varieties of protein. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great, Great recommendation. How do you feel about beef protein? I love it. Yep. I think beef protein can be really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, I like the organ meats as well. So if you're doing like a beef liver pill, I think you can get a lot of nutrients through that. Um, some people though are sensitive to that. So depending on your mineral profile, you can be sensitive to organ meats. So just be careful with that. Um, again, if you're not working with a practitioner, just watch for any symptoms that you didn't have before to pop up and tell you this isn't right for me. But if it doesn't, a lot of people do really well on those. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All bio-individual, right? Keeps yes. coming back to that. Yeah. Yes. And actually, that's interesting what you had said a few minutes ago about the spore biotic, probiotic, because I had a client recently where I put her on the mega spore. Uh-huh. You couldn't do one capsule. So then she opened it up half a capsule. No. Quarter capsule. No. An eighth of a capsule she could tolerate. Oh, wow. I was like, wow. Like, it's I don't know. Someone's so sensitive. It's like, yeah, you have to just try things out sometimes and see, you know, really what's happening in your body and how you feel. For sure. For sure. So, so they, yeah. So Megaspore, I love microbiome labs. They're one of my favorites. They're like the leader in this industry, but they have one called HU58, which is just one spore. And so that's oh, what I use nice. on clients that can't handle Megaspore. Yeah. Good to know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that tip. Yeah. Awesome. I want to talk about zapping our stress. Yes. Zap it away. Because (laughs) so actually, so Dr. Kayla, I went through an infertility journey. I never ended up having kids, but when Mm -hmm. I was really in it, people would always say, just stop stressing. You'll get pregnant. Mm -hmm. That was the advice from so many people. (laughs) Just stop stressing. It'll happen. I'm like, I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed. But I mean, there's other stresses too, right? It's not just the mental, emotional, there's the physical, physiological and all those things. But I think it, it is an important part of the puzzle. So I would love to hear from you. Like, what are your top tips for women, maybe more specifically on a fertility journey, like how they can manage their stress? Sure. So one, 
I hate when people say that because it's like, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. More, more than just relax. It's about putting well, one identifying what areas of your life are the highest stress. Maybe that's work. Maybe that's your, you know, your in-laws, maybe that's your living situation. Like where is the stress coming from? If you can pinpoint it, then let's pinpoint it. And then obviously some stuff you can't get rid of. You can't always joke. You can't get rid of your mother-in-law probably or quit your job, but you can put a boundary in place and you can look at, okay, how can I put a boundary to protect myself and my life and, and, you know, so maybe that's you stop working at five o'clock instead of working overtime every single night. Maybe that's you decide when you're going to make plans with your in-laws and decide when they can come over and, you know, and even too, when they can learn about your fertility journey, I find that's a big stressor for a lot of people. So putting that boundary, putting boundaries in place, that's the first place. And then think about things that you're doing to nurture your emotional and your mental health. And maybe that's meditation. I love meditation. I think there's a lot of science behind it, but not everybody likes to meditate or to sit in a quiet room. And I always have to remind people that meditation is not what you see on TV, sitting in a quiet room for hours on end. It can be anything that is a single focus for your mind. It can be a walk in the park. It can be playing with your animals. It can be, you know, sitting quietly and breathing. It can be reading your favorite book even because you're singularly focused on that one task. And so doing that throughout the day, it's do things to calm your nervous system, to calm your mind and really breathing. I think those are some great ways to just zap that stress and to manage it. And then one other piece to that too is the sleep piece kind of goes hand in hand with lowering stress. I think a lot of people are so used to like burning the candle at both ends and not sleeping the way that we should. And that's going to cause stress to the body. So trying to get enough sleep, try to go to bed a little earlier, make sure you have good sleep hygiene, your room's cool, dark and free of distractions and making sure you have a really good environment to sleep and nurture yourself. So yeah, those are some of my top tips. Great list. Sleep is sacred. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. What about women that are like really kind of in the weeds with hormonal imbalances that are disrupting their sleep? How do we, one, start to shift that narrative to give them maybe the nutrients that they need? But I'm like really more focused on the first piece because we know like once you believe that you're a bad sleeper, it just perpetuates Mm -hmm. itself. Yes. Like get out of that. (laughs) So one, I would start to shift that narrative. Like you just said, you are not a bad sleeper. You've just had a couple bad nights of sleep or maybe many bad nights of sleep, but that doesn't mean that every night's going to be a bad night for sleep. So I think to begin to tell yourself like this night is going to be a great sleep night and then preparing what to do before you get to sleep. And so that's a big one. What are you doing an hour to two hours before it's time to go to bed, before you get in bed and close your eyes? Are you working till it's time to go to bed? Or are you watching a crazy TV show? Um, like last night, I was watching American Horror Story. And I was like, I should not be doing this right before I go to bed. Oh, no. like, do not watch anything that's going to stress you out like that or scare you. <laughs> so, yeah. Bedtime story. Yeah, right? oh, my goodness. Um, and I know better. (laughs) Um, But what are you doing that hour or two before sleep? Don't do anything that's going to jar your nervous system. And I call it a power down hour where you take an hour before bed. And even if you don't have an hour, maybe 30 minutes and just 
do some deep breathing, do something that's relaxing, you know, get in the bathtub and soak in some magnesium and essential oils, read your favorite book, breathe, do things to calm your nervous system. The other piece I like to remind people is that light is going to start the production of serotonin and drop the production of melatonin. So try to dim your lights at night. I have salt lamps all over my house and I'll just turn those on about seven o'clock. And so it's just this rosy glow all over the house, which is just calming and nurturing to me. And so dim those lights. Be careful with your blue lights. Don't if you want to watch TV, if you're doing the Netflix like I was doing, make sure you have blue blocker glasses. You have a blue blocking screen on your screen and then turn down the brightness of your screen to the very lowest amount. And so that way it's not disrupting that cycle of melatonin, serotonin. But I think doing all of those things will help you get a great night's sleep. Yeah. That always works for me, turning it down so much so that I get frustrated that I can't see. And then I'm just like, forget it. I'm getting off. (laughs) Turning this off. I can't see shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then one other thing I forgot to mention too. So at 10 p.m., your cortisol spikes. So try to get in bed before 10 p.m. for that to not happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That second second wind. Definitely for people. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that really happens. Yeah. And I I love that you said what you were watching before bed, you know, and you're like, I know better. I have a guilty moment. Yesterday, I did something and I know better. I had half a cup of coffee at 2.30 p.m. Oh, no. Because I had to give this presentation and I was like, just a little caffeine to get my brain fired up again. And I knew 2.30 was too late. I know. I know better. And sure enough, I get in bed at 10 like I do every night and it took me like an hour to fall asleep. I hate when I do that. Oh my gosh. I know better. Yeah. I know better, but it seems like every six months I just have to test it out and make sure that, you know, yeah, it is. It's like a good experiment. I think that's a good point to make though, because we're all human and we all do things like that. And it doesn't make us bad people or like, oh my gosh, like don't beat yourself up over it. It happens. Let's do, you know, what can you do tonight? That's not going to be that and do better. So yeah. 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 Do you know what one of the most frustrating things about sleep is for me is when you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't shut your brain off and you're thinking about all the things you need to do the next day or maybe the things that you did the day before that you would have done differently. Oh, I hate when this happens. And I'm guessing it's probably happened to you a couple of times, maybe every night. Well, let me tell you my new secret to deal with this. You have probably heard of magnesium breakthrough by bioptimizers and how it's great for sleep and promoting calmness and relaxation. What I found out is that the brains behind magnesium breakthrough have taken it to the next level with a product specifically designed for sleep. It's called Sleep Breakthrough, and I think this could be a game changer in the field. So Sleep Breakthrough is a delicious pre-bed drink that combines the power of magnesium with other natural ingredients like valerian root to help us fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, and wake up feeling refreshed. Any night that I take Sleep Breakthrough, I sleep through the night, no crazy monkey brain in the middle of the night, and I'm ready to tackle the next day. So I highly recommend giving Sleep Breakthrough a try. Trust me. Go ahead, visit sleepbreakthrough.com slash biohackerbabes. Oh, and guess what? You get a discount. So if you use promo code biohackerbabes10 at checkout, you'll get a discount and they might throw in a little surprise gift for you guys. Uh, One more reason why we love shopping at Bioptimizers. So go ahead, head over to sleepbreakthrough.com slash biohackerbabes to get your sleep breakthrough and start sleeping great tonight. Always a I have a question. Yeah. 
we all want progress and we want to feel that something is working maybe even sooner than we can expect to see changes or feel something. But how do you keep women on track or keep them motivated or in the flow, knowing that sometimes it really is going to take a good chunk of time for to yeah. truly heal or to get them where they want to be? Yeah. So I always kind of lay out those expectations in the very beginning. I let people know that really you need to give yourself at least three months of, you know, working towards whatever your goal is, whether that's to get pregnant, to balance your hormones, to eliminate your symptoms, whatever it is. So I want to set that expectation at the beginning. And then I want to give them a game plan. So I'm really big on action steps. I love a list. I love to say, this is what you need to do. Let's do this, this, and this. And then you can check that off as you work towards that. Um, and then I also let my, you know, my patients know that you will see some results in the very beginning. Sometimes it can be so fast, depending on what you're struggling with and where you've started. But sometimes just changing up, like I said earlier, the breakfast or changing, you know, adding a new supplement in or, you know, going to sleep a little earlier, is going to show you some immediate results. You're going to have more energy. You're going to have better digestion. Your stomach's probably going to be flatter. So you are going to get some benefits in the very beginning, but then give it time. And it's going to take holistic healing is not overnight. It takes time. So give yourself those three months. And again, this isn't a diet. You're not going to do this in, in three months. You're done and you're going to go back to your old ways. This is a lifestyle and you're developing habits. And so in the beginning, it's hard. It will feel very hard and overwhelming. But as you develop those habits, it'll be second nature. It'll become easy. So yeah, give yourself time, but no, you will see some results in the very beginning too. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of a funny meme Dr. Carrie Jones posted oh. a week or two ago. Yeah. Um, it was a picture of a woman with a glass of wine. And it was like, are you really asking me about estrogen while you're drinking a glass of wine or something? And then it was like a post about alcohol and hormones. Yeah. Thought it was a funny way to bring up the topic, but I'm curious, what are your thoughts on alcohol, hormones? Is there any place for it? Should women not even be... 10 feet from a glass of wine. Like what's, what's your thought there? Yes. So this is kind of a two part um, answer. So one, I'll give you the science and then I'll give you my opinion on wine. So okay. anytime you drink alcohol, this is a toxin and your body, your liver specifically is having to work to detox that toxin. And so it can't detox any other toxins. And we're around toxins all over our environment every single day. It can't detox anything else until it gets rid of that alcohol first. So it's a way to cause a toxic storm in your body. So I would say try to steer clear of alcohol for that reason. But the other part of this is I think alcohol can be entertainment, enjoyment. It brings some people joy. It is feeding our soul. So I think if that's you, have it in moderation, have a glass here and there to celebrate, you know, maybe once a month, have some wine. It's what you do every single day that's going to make the biggest impact. So don't have it every night. And I always say one glass, not one bottle. So, <laughs> but definitely yes. minimal moderation is what I would say there. Great. Yeah. yeah. Just you. like the 16 ounce steak. I'm like, a whole bottle. Right. Ooh. Right. But oh, no, you would be surprised. Yeah. You would be surprised. I have clients come to me and they are like, I can't get pregnant. I've been trying for years. 
And then we get into the nitty gritty and they're like, yeah, I drink about, you know, a half a bottle to a whole bottle of wine every couple of days. And I'm like, no. (laughs) Then I think about their poor liver and I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to, we got to detox you. We got to detox you. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I know we're right where we need to start. So So, I don't know if I should say this out loud, but I, like, I do understand that some people are better at detoxing that. Like some people just have more of a burden in that mm-hmm. arena, not that it's permission for people to do it, but right. I'm like there yeah. are some people that get away with it better than others. Somehow. Yeah. Um, and me. I think there's, yeah, there's two parts to that too. So it really depends on your toxic burden, your overall, I lo- love the analogy. I can't remember who said it, but I, maybe Dr. Carrie Jones, but um, your buckets, how, how full is your toxic buckets? Is that your mm-hmm. one thing? Or are you like eating McDonald's and not going to sleep on time and, you know, doing all these other bad things, then your bucket's going to be overflowing and you're going to have a lot of problems, but maybe your wines are one thing and that's it. Maybe your toxin burden is low. Um, but that being said, it will eventually catch up to you, even if you're not experiencing anything right now, doing that over and over time after time, it will catch up to you. So Mm -hmm. be careful with alcohol. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. Kind of like the blue zones. Lauren and I were joking. One of the women, I think she was like 102 and they were like, what kind of tea do you drink? Like, do you drink herbal tea? What's your favorite kind? And she just says, wine. (laughs) (laughs) But then I'm thinking like, but she's, walking. She's with community. She has purpose, love. She prepares her own food, right? So a cup of wine is like not a big deal. Yeah, She probably also hand squeezed the grapes and fermented them herself. You know, like it didn't come from California where there's microplastics and (laughs) and glyphosate. Yeah. Mold, mycotoxins. Yeah. But that's her one thing, you know, and that's, you know, that's, it's not, it hadn't caught up to her because that's her one thing, but yeah, definitely higher quality wine. I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) What else do we need to know about the infertility journey, which I can imagine. And I know Renee has had experience here. It can be quite frustrating. So how do we create that patience? What are maybe some like surprises that people are not prepared to hear? What's the information that maybe is a little bit more surprising or hard for people? Yeah, I think one that I mentioned earlier is is definitely test. Don't guess and find a functional medicine practitioner that can do some of these in-depth tests because many times what happens is you get into that Western medical model and they just kind of take you through like cattle. And if you're struggling with infertility any certain amount of time, they're going to recommend, you know, fertility drugs and IVF. And that's great. I'm so happy we have those procedures. They've helped a lot of my patients and clients, but I don't think, I think many times we don't need to start there. We need to end there if that's the case, but let's see what we can do before we get to that point. Let's see how we can optimize the body. And I think that's a big one. We need to see what's lacking, what we need to optimize and fix and kind of doing that first. I think that's one place where I think a lot of people are missing the mark. My, I see that in my own practice where people have been struggling for years. Maybe they've done IVF, they've had failed cycles and they come to me, we do some tests, we look at different things at a different way and a different lens and then they get pregnant. And so I think that's one place. The other thing too, is I think a lot of people come in and they are, they are their diagnosis whether that's advanced maternal age or they've got PCOS or endo and they had a doctor somewhere down the line say, you're never going to get pregnant. You're never going to get pregnant with your own eggs. And I'm here to tell people that that's not the case. I see it all day long in my practice where people have been told that and then 
we fix and optimize a few things and then they're pregnant. An example, I have a client right now who's 44 years old. She just went through a cancer diagnosis and came on the other side of it. Her doctor told her she would never get pregnant, even with IVF. They were like, you're too old. You're too broken. It's not going to happen. She's about to give birth in one week to a very healthy baby boy. So it can happen. So you are not your diagnosis. It can happen. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Right. Oh, my God. I'm so amazing. You're yeah. like the hormone optimist fairy. Quickly, <laughs> <laughs> that's all over you. You're like, it can happen. That's so valuable. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And that was my story. You know, they, I mean, I was a lot younger. They told, but I was 36. And they said, you know, you're 36, you're advanced maternal age. You might as well do IVF. And I was like, I don't want to start there. Let's finish there. If I'm 46 and I'm still not pregnant. Okay. Maybe. But, and then I got pregnant naturally. I have two boys. One's about to be eight and I have a 10 year old. And if I had listened to those doctors, I would never have those kids. So you can do this and you will just do not give up. That's my advice for everybody. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I was 26 and they said, they unexplained infertility. Um, it's not genetic. It has nothing to do with your health. It's just bad luck. Your only option is IVF. Oh, it was just like sounds like an agenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and they're like, and this is the and these are the pricing options. I was right. like, oh, what is this really about? Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. But it, you know, it um, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I remember I left the fertility center that day, and I was finishing up grad school, getting my master's in nutrition, trying to decide what my thesis was going to be. And I walked out of the office that day. I said, ding, 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 (laughs) nutrition for infertility. Oh, wow. So then I wrote my thesis on it. And I was like, hey, that was my inspiration because this was one of the top fertility centers in the country. And I was just furious with how, I think like you said, I was like, I was like cattle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here's the test. Here's your option. Here's the payment plan. We'll see you next week. Yeah. And they don't talk anything about nutrition. Like my doctor, and that's one of the reasons I focus on what I do. My doctor never said, what are you eating? What does your lifestyle look like? Not even, are you ovulating? Are you tracking (laughs) your cycle? None of it. (laughs) Just, oh, you're 36. IUI. And if that didn't work, IVF. And I was like, yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I even said, what about IUI? And they said, oh, that won't work. I said, Uh, well, well, I'm willing to pay for it. Can I just try? And they said, well, it's not going to work. Oh my so god. What about acupuncture? No, that doesn't do anything. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so the crazy. opposite of Dr. Keela. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wish yeah. you had found me yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. all you know what? I I'm happy with where my life is. You know, maybe it's all it's it all works out. Yeah. It yeah. all works out. It was a learning lesson, very eye-opening to go through that. Um, and now, you know, when I hear other women going through it you know, fortunately there are people like you that can help people and give answers, but yeah, my, I'm sure my life would be very different if I had met you Yeah, 12 years ago. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I love that you say that too about your thesis. So my dissertation was on optimizing fertility through quantum medicine. And I had a lot of nutrition <laughs> pieces in that. Yeah. Cause you know, energy awesome. is food is energy and energy is quantum and yeah. So it was very cool. Very cool. I love that. Yeah. Ooh. So, okay. This is an interesting (laughs) turn. So I find with, I'm not working specifically on fertility with clients, but when we talk about food, I find a big missing opportunity is just to slow down and like be with food Mm -hmm. and, and enjoy it. And I, and I suppose kind of take on that energy if it is 
there to offer a good energy. Of course, processed food doesn't offer much in that realm, but (laughs) tell us how can we get more energy from our food? Yeah. So uh, treating your meals as an experience, sitting down before you eat instead of shoveling food in your face at work or in the car, which a lot of us do, sit, have an actual meal. I recommend a 20 minute or more meal at least three times a day where you sit down, you have a knife and a fork, you have a beautiful plate in front of you. Maybe you bless that food, depending on what you believe you, um, you know, even just say a little prayer, like let this food nurture my body, do some deep breaths. Oxygen is going to help the digestion system, digestive system work better. And so make sure you do some breathing and just enjoy that food. Chew your food up to 30 times per bite. Again, what helps with digestion, helps with assimilation of nutrients and treat that meal as an experience. And it will be much more pleasurable. You'll get more out of your food and it really does help with that energy piece. So yeah, those are some of my tips. Dr. Keela, I don't have time. Uh-huh. You don't have time to be sick either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you know, yeah. 20 minutes is the gold standard or more, but if you have even 10 minutes, sit, just sit instead of shoveling. Even if it's at your desk, have a little area of your desk that's like, this is my meal area. Maybe you turn your computer off and move it to the side, move some papers and just sit and have an actual meal for as much time as you can you know, allow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So and even, even I'm guilty of this. I have to remind myself, no, you're not going to eat at your desk between podcast recordings. You're <laughs> going to go and sit for five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 if I have it and really enjoy this food because it makes a yeah. huge difference. Yeah. No. Oh, speaking of guilty, I ate a meal in my car yesterday trying, oh, but no. it's not no. the norm. Like sometimes it happens. It is so not the norm, but I was like, Oh, I was really mad at myself. And I was like, no, let it go. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is not an everyday thing. <laughs> right. Right. And I think yeah. that too is a piece of mindset. Like if it happens, it happens. Don't be beating yourself up is worse than just having a meal in your car, you know, but try to plan your schedule. So that doesn't happen every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Right. definitely. <laughs> I always think back to, I heard David Wolf speak back when I was in college and I, on my dad had given me a CD, uh, listened to it in the car. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, he was talking about how it's not the cookie that's making you fat. It's your thoughts about the cookie that are making you fat. And I was like, what does this mean? Like back then, but yeah, the mind is so powerful. It's like, if you're going to have that cookie, yeah, don't do it every day. Right. Like the wine, but just enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Eat it slow, be mindful, be present with it. Don't be scrolling on Instagram. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Love yep. And tell yourself like this is feeding my soul and it's okay to have this every now and then. It's fine. Yeah. I always go 80-20, 80% clean whole foods, 20% food for the soul. Yeah. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It's beautiful. One Just last question. question. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree with the 80-20, but it makes my ears perk up because I I see like I'm kind of watching the narratives and opinions that are being shared on social media. And there seems to be this kind of silent war about like, oh, it's okay to have the pizza every now and then. And I do think that's true because we're feeding our soul. But for some people, that is like absolute kryptonite. And it just kind of like it grinds my gears a little bit because we're like sharing this message like, no, you should just like relax and eat the thing. But for some people, it could really derail them. 
Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I think if that's you, then maybe you don't have the pizza. But I also know that there's the other side of that where if you restrict so much and you're like, I can't have that, I can't have that, then it's going to make it worse and you're just going to binge it. So I think there's a fine balance. And I think that comes back to bio-individuality. Knowing your body, knowing what you can handle is going to make the biggest difference here. And two, I encourage my patients and clients, if you love pizza, how can we make it healthy? How can we make like a yummy cauliflower crust with all the veggies and, you know, good high quality cheese and eat that pizza if you have to have the pizza? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the trick is... Yeah, make yeah, the yeah. cauliflower pizza because the the store bought ones right. I see on CGMs are like terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, they put other stuff in there, right? There's probably like yeah. tapioca or something. Yeah, yeah, tons yeah. of kinds of stuff. Junk gargums and uh, yeah. xanthan gum and all the fillers. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but I think too, I think telling yourself again you can't have something is going to drive that you want to have it. And then it's like you're beating yourself up if you do have it. And it's this vicious cycle. So I think there's a fine line there. But yeah, knowing yourself and your body, I think is the most important piece. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably the takeaway. Most people aren't teaching or empowering that, right? Yeah. I was gonna say that's like the through line for today is it's so personal. So personal. Well, Dr. Kayla, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. Um, one final question for you, if you can leave our audience with one final piece of advice, something to start doing today to optimize their health. Sure. Just pick one piece of the hormone puzzle and start there, whether that's your food, your lifestyle, your sleep, just pick one place where you can either begin a new habit or you can up-level a habit you're already doing and start there. And then 1% better today than you did yesterday is improvement. And we're going for progress, not perfection. So that's where you need to be. Progress, not perfection. Yes. Yeah. I love yes. that. Great reminder. I love your perspective and the mindset and the optimism. I It yeah. resonates a lot. Thank you so much okay. for yeah. sharing your time and your experience with us today. Thank you. Such a great conversation. So thank you both. Yes. So for everyone listening, we know you're going to want to go follow Dr. Kayla. So we're going to put everything in the show notes for you. Um, She has an amazing podcast, the Hormone Puzzle Podcast. We'll link to that. Um, Also Facebook, Instagram, your website, anywhere else people should be following you. Yeah, no, those are the basics. Um, I do have a free gift for your audience that is at, um, and and you might put the link in the show notes. So do you want me to say that or no? Oh, yes. Um, I do have that coachkayla.com slash biohacker babes. I'll put that in the show notes. Yes, yes, yes. And that is going to be a free cycle optimizing quick start guide to teach you how to start adding some food and lifestyle pieces based around your cycle so we can get hormone balance and optimized fertility if that's your goal. And then seven free seven days free to our Solving Infertility Summit, which had 60 speakers talking about fertility hormones and holistic health. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. All Thank right, everyone. So scroll down for all those goodies. All right. All I think right. that's a wrap. That is a wrap. Thank you so much. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking.
This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.